Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Skate Podcast on WEEI.com. Bobby Orr, behind the net to Sanderson. For the first time in 39 years, the Boston Bruins have won the Stanley Cup. Talking Bruins and NHL. Sure, old-time hockey. Like it is sure. With writer and producer Brian DeFelice. Brian DeFelice is an emerging talent. Bridget Prue. Yeah, he's a little bit on the hot seat. Burn him! And WEEI.com Bruins writer Scott McLaughlin. Great Scott! Lace him up for some bees talk right now. I'm not going to the skate pod on WEEI. Yeah, so I guess we'll have to wait for further information on Krejci to really dive into what that means for the Bruins. Um, you know, we don't want to speculate too much. I think now is probably uh, a good time to discuss the the, the mid-game trade, um, which, you know, I'll throw it to you guys to discuss the, the, the details of who was going to Boston for Jack Seneca, and uh, one of you guys can do that now. Yeah, so they trade Jack Stanika to the Vancouver Canucks, and they get back uh, goalie Michael DiPietro, no relation to Rick DiPietro, <laughs> and defenseman Jonathan Myrenberg. Um, so DiPietro is a, a 23-year-old who's spent the last few years in the AHL, and I think he was Vancouver's uh, like COVID taxi squad goalie the COVID year. Um and Myron Berg is a 19 year old who defenseman who was a fifth round pick in 2021. And I saw, um, I can't, I, I can't find the tweet, but I saw a tweet of his season that he had in, in Sweden's junior league last year, um, where like his analytics were off the charts. Like they were very good. And now he's playing more time up in like the Swedish pro league. Um, and it sounds like he's definitely a longer-term project, but uh, Don Sweeney said P.J. Axelson has seen quite a bit of him and is very familiar with the player. And so it, it seems like he could actually be like a, you know, like I'm not going to go crazy, but like at least like a legit prospect, like someone to put in the pipeline and, you know, see see how he develops over the next few years. Um, the goalie, I think that's kind of just to take on a contract. Um, the Bruins already have goalies in, in Providence and Maine. So we'll see where he fits, but um, yeah. So that's, that's the return. And as far as Stanika goes, uh, you know, we know he, he made the team out of camp for the first time. It had a good preseason, but obviously there was always the, you know, if they're going to try to send him down, he would have to go through waivers and would he have made it? And they didn't want to risk that. So even if he wasn't going to play, he was on the team. Um, they didn't get him into the lineup early on. Then he gets into one game and has a really bad game. Uh, commits a turnover that leads to a goal, takes two bad penalties, 
hasn't played since. And so it got to a point where, you know, one is, is he going to play? Does he have a role? Is he bringing anything to the team or do they feel like those roster spots are going to be better used on someone else? And now, especially with Marshan back, you are running out of roster spots. They signed Anton Strahm and that's another roster spot taken up. Like, so where, where does Jackson Eka fit? Does he deserve to be one of the 23 players on the NHL roster? And I think obviously they came to this conclusion before the Krejci injury. Who knows if that would have changed anything, but I think did they take everything into account and decided, no, he's not one of the 23 players who should be on our NHL roster. So try to find a deal out there and, you know, I guess to, to Sweeney's credit, like he, he got something, you know, we'll see what it turns into, but it wasn't just a, a total dump. Yeah. And, and something Sweeney said after the game too, was that he never planned on putting Jacksonica on waivers. Um, he always was, you know, in the market to try to find a deal that worked um, if, if he could to, to move Stanika um, the reason, I mean, it, the writing was kind of on the wall because obviously he gets into that one game. He had no consistency, but the Bruins were, you know, have depth throughout the lineup and in particular at center and something coach said, um, which I guess he, he found out uh, at some point during the game or maybe right after the game um, because he knew about it when we talked to him uh, was that, he said, we have four centers who are perfectly slotted in, plus Zaka, who can play center. So they kind of felt like it wasn't there wasn't room for him uh, there. And he also, Coach also said that um, I'm happy for him because he's an NHL player, but there wasn't really a spot for him in Boston. So, like, you feel bad that the trade gets finalized mid-game, but at the same time, his opportunities are probably going to be better out there in Vancouver and to the to the point Scott you're talking about the statistics for um, Myrenberg from last season in Sweden he had eight goals and 23 assists so like 31 points uh that adds up to so he had a, a high offensive season like pr- production wise numbers wise especially in the assist category you know that's that was a pretty decent job let me see how many games that was through because I think it wasn't that many games uh 35 games he had 31 points yeah I mean I think um I think right now Stanika's probably got mixed emotions, but I think when the, when the dust settles, he'll realize that the Bruins actually did him a solid in this situation because he wasn't going to play in Boston. And quite frankly, he didn't earn the opportunity to do so. Um, you know, I, I think that there were times where management was to blame for his lack of reps at the National Hockey League level, but I think at the end of the day, the onus falls on the player and he didn't take advantage of his opportunities. In fact, he actually made the case worse for himself when he got his chance this year. And, you know, if you guys remember in the summertime, we were recording and we were discussing training camp and we kind of said like, we, we, we weren't talking a lot about Stanika and then we brought him up and we're like, Oh yeah, we forgot about Jack Stanika. And, He's how he was kind of just passed by by some of the Bruins' um, younger prospects at this point. And it just didn't seem like there was a spot for him. And 
He goes into Philadelphia, the first training camp game. He didn't play well. But then all of a sudden, Stanika and Greer and Mark McLaughlin had a uh, really – Scott McLaughlin. No, no, not to be confused with one Scott McLaughlin. Um, I had a terrible camp. Yeah, you did. (laughs) We'll have to talk about that off air, but you did. Um, Good room for improvement, though. So Mark McLaughlin – Staniga and AJ Greer, they came to life in that second game against the Rangers. And all of a sudden we were like, all right, okay, maybe, maybe Stanika does have a chance to make this team because they don't want to put him on waivers. And, and, and the numbers game was looking like it was in his favor, but just didn't come to fruition. So um, I think now the question is, this is kind of a, a fresh start, right? For, for Don Sweeney, as far as, all right, it's <laughs> Stanika was my guy. He didn't pan out. I tr- I'm trading him away. And it's kind of like, all right, we got um, Merkulov from Ohio state that they signed who's in Providence. Uh, they signed, they uh, not signed. They drafted a couple of centers this past, uh, this past June, kind of a fresh start as far as trying to restock the center's position through the draft, who knows what these players and their system will, will, will end up becoming. But we all kind of knew Stanika wasn't going to be much here, and um, they decided to part ways with him. Yeah, and yeah, it looked okay. like a good move, right, Scott? Like this looks like a decent like return, um, maybe more than I thought they were going to get. I, I was questioning whether or not they were going to get much of anything, but they, I, I understand that they they get a defenseman who's a fifth round draft pick, but he's so young, he has so much time to develop, and I feel like. They they have plenty of time to try to get him up to NHL speed. Um, and they really had no use for Stanika at this point. I thought maybe they had something planned for him come next season or two seasons from now when they lost Krejci and, and Bergeron because that's coming whether we like it or not uh, because he's a center. I thought they were hol- going to hold him potentially if they didn't have any, uh, any offers they – they didn't like. So I think that that was uh, something that they considered was holding him until, uh, you know, he'd be much more needed when Krejci and Bergeron are gone. But I think they just liked this deal and decided to, to pull the trigger on this instead. Yeah. I also think like they're not, they can't really look at what he's going to be two or three years from now at this point, because if he was ever going to be a top six center, he would at least be establishing himself in the NHL at this point, And he just hasn't. I um, guess. Uh, 24 our, years old. 23. <laughs> yeah. At this yeah. Point, I mean, he's not 18 anymore. I mean, he's clock's ticking on him. Yeah. I mean, by some, you know, depending on like how you define prospect, like a bunch of places don't even consider him a prospect anymore. Cause he's basically aged out. So yeah, like he's, you're not going from, you know, not being able to crack the NHL lineup on a regular basis to top six. Like that's not at that age. I don't think maybe he'll, you know, find himself in Vancouver and have like a, an awesome transformation there. Uh, That'd be great to see. I'd be happy for him. Um, But I don't, I don't really see that happening. I think, third line is probably a ceiling at this point, even on a team like Vancouver. And that's fine. You can make a nice living that way, but that's not, I think the idea that, you know, he was going to be part of the plan to replace Bergeron and Krejci eventually. I feel like 
I'd given up hope on that. I think a lot of people had. Um, by the way, I found the, the tweet that I was talking about. I retweeted it from my account and the Skatepod account. So people can, uh, as you listen, you can go check that out if you're into analytics and all <laughs> all that fun stuff. Uh, the the stats that are near and dear to Scott's heart. And you know what, guys? If you remember last episode, we had like a full-on conversation about like the semantics of, of Jackson Ica and why he was having trouble and oh what we, what we would be able to find out if he had a consistent stretch of games. Well, doesn't sound like we're going to be <laughs> talking about Jackson Ica that much more. So the semantics are, are yeah. over... Uh, in that situation, we don't have to, you know, look deep into the psychology of what happens to a guy when they don't get consistent reps and when they, you know, they're just dealing with being in and out of the lineup. We're, we're kind of done with that conversation at this point, it seems like. Well, we're going to find out, right? I mean, he's going to go to Vancouver and get plenty of ice time. I think they're winless. I think that they're on the verge of tanking if they have another, sh- you know, shitty month. Uh, up in Vancouver, and he's going to get ample ice time and opportunity. I saw that they they just won their first game. They just they? Beat, they just beat the Kraken. Uh, I think the game just ended as we're recording. All right, dash um, one for me. They, oh, they beat Seattle. That's half a win. All right. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, set, uh, Sarah Griffin on Twitter, who said some Bruins fans probably follow and in and know, uh, tweeted summer calling it the Jack Stanika effect. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um, well, speaking of analytics, I think unless. Either of you had anything left to say on Jack Sanika? It seems like Don Sweeney is still in discussion with uh, David Pashnak's agent to to fine tune some analytics um, and, and finalize the deal. It seems like. Yeah, so Sweeney w- was asked about that towards the end of, or actually at the very end of his post his post game press conference, which is when they and... were trying to say uh, last question, and then the the question came in after the buzzer. But good, thing. I know I, I was. Mean, I was about to ask, and then Fluto got his question in before me, and that was supposed to be the last one. And then, uh, fortunately, Joey Mack just persisted anyways and got yeah. it in there. Well, I mean, it was smart. It was smart. It was a question that everybody wanted yeah. to know. So and, I guess if you, you got to throw had, it they, at the They wall. knew he was going to be asked about it. So yeah, the well, he gets answer. up there, right? So you got to ask yeah. him. Um, but yeah, so he said that you know they're still talking. Pretty, he's still talking to. Pasternak's agent, J.P. Barry, pretty much every day, um, you know, that they're working towards it. He's hopeful that they'll get across the finish line and be able to announce something, but, you know, that they're not there yet. And that was pretty much about what he said, all he said. So it was, you know, kind of same update as before, but I guess, right, it, it can, you can look at it either way. If you're the optimist, you say, Hey, they're still talking every day. That's that's good. Like, you know, talks haven't broken down, and you know, now they've gone like a week without talking. The pessimists yeah. would say, okay, well, what's taking so long? If you're talking every day, how are you still not close enough to get this done? Exactly. Like, I actually took this in a negative way, which was to the point where he said, and, and I'm quoting him, just trying to find the common ground, and hopefully, we get to a point that we can announce a deal but we're not there. When I hear him say find common ground, I'm like, how far apart are they that comp like they haven't found common ground yet? Yeah. There's a lot, there's a lot of minute details. I'm sure that that go on in those contracts that 
we don't we don't even think of that they could be going back and forth about honestly uh it could be about structure it could be about who knows honestly what i can tell you is that right now he's sandwiched between uh, a couple guys named Connor mcdavid and leon dreisaitl um tied with the two of them for 15 points in the league again i know it's the first month of the season but what do you want me to do not talk about it so he's the uh you know tied for the league lead in points it just you know i think we're all in agreement just pay the guy but I don't want to oversimplify the the process. I'm sure that there's some, you know, details that they got to iron out. Yeah, I mean, at the, at the very least, his price has not come down. No, no. And no. If, if anything, it's only going up. <laughs> oh, and by the way, it just kind of confirms that what we already knew that it, the Bruins have been trying to get this deal done all along. That's like the Pasternak side that's holding out and, and trying to you know really iron out the right contract or. I mean, we don't really know. So, I mean, that's just them doing their job, though, right? Like, yeah, it, it is. Yeah. If you're, you know, it, from our perspective, we're sitting here saying, like, uh, you know, we really hope that these guys get it done before the season. We don't, you know, we, we don't want to risk losing them, blah, blah, blah. Like, we want the Bruins to sign them. But if you're the player, it's like, it only strengthens his, his case to, to, to wait into the season. Like, it's not going to hurt him. His price is going up. Now he's he's betting on himself a bit, right? I mean, if the season started and we're sitting here in December and he's got like you know twenty five points as opposed to forty five, whatever, then that could hurt him. But he bet on himself, and it's 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 smart business for for Barry and for and for Pashnak. Um, you know, we'll so so we'll see when yeah. that when that happens. Yeah, and like I, I wonder if that was kind of part of the calculation for Pashnak and and his agent is like maybe the Bruins. You know, now we don't, I don't think there's been any reports of like actual numbers that have been offered, but like maybe the Bruins were around nine and a half because that's what they gave Charlie McAvoy last year. And that was a fair offer before the season, but Pazanak and Barry sit there and go, yeah, but that's kind of based on, you know, last year where he wasn't really at his best, obviously for all, you know, for off ice reasons in the year before when he was coming off hip surgery and wasn't really at his best then. Like, you know, maybe even without like necessarily saying it or declaring it, like, let's see how the start of the season goes with him healthy. And, you know, maybe it goes from nine and a half to ten and a half or eleven or whatever. So that's where, like, I could see there being some separation where, like, those goalposts have shifted. You you also see, like, the Huberto, Kachuk, Barzell deals, which I think all help. Pasternak because he can look at all of those guys and be like, I'm better than them. Or I, you know, certainly better than Kachuk and, and Barzell. And, you know, he can, he can say fairly, like when I'm at my best, I'm comparable to Huberdo. Like I should be in that 11 million neighborhood if, if that's where he is. Yeah. And I, and I don't anticipate the Bruins really having a hard time meeting their demands. I mean, I think, there's a there are a million and one reasons to to sign this player. Um, most of which are on the ice, many of which are off the ice. He's a very very marketable player. How many eighty eight jerseys do you see in the New England area? Like he's a fan favorite. So it's as far as marketing the team off the ice, success on the ice, he's a player that you want to sign. And you know, I, I just think the Bruins are trying to see what where his camp's coming from. I mean, I I don't think they're gonna wait until the end of the season. I think they'll probably they might get to. November, December, the halfway point, be like, all right, this is what he's projected to do this year. Let's, you know, whatever. I don't know. But I think it'll get done. It's just a matter of when. 
uh, unless unless they're and the cap is expected to go up too, right? So unless they're asking the Bruins to pay him, you know, fifteen million dollars a year, um, and even then, it's like, eh, well, think, let's think about it. <laughs> but uh, so we'll, we'll we'll see how it goes. Did you guys have any other things you wanted to go over? I just had one last note that we didn't touch on, which was Derek Forbert playing. What a fan favorite he is right now. <laughs> He's playing a great game. He played another great game um, today. So like that diving block to take away the pass on a three-on-one just absolutely like could have been like a turning point in that game if they had scored and he just plays it perfect and Swayman called him uh, another goalie out there um, because sometimes the way that he blocks shots and makes those kind of, of save like saves I guess you could say great great hit in the second period too in the uh I want to say it was the right corner but yeah I mean it's just it's it's crazy that the the Derek Forbert fandom is 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 running wild. It's like Hulkamania. I mean, <laughs> he was a player who last year everybody was kind of like making fun of, like, oh Derek Derek Scorbert or whatever like that when he scored a few goals and he was kind of the whipping boy again because of w- why Sweeney brought him in to be a top hair guy. But he's truly kind of turning into a fan favorite. Like people, is and it goes beyond Darla. True, trust me. So he's uh, <laughs> he, he's playing he's playing some great hockey. I'm actually. Really happy for oh, player. Yeah. Although Darla's probably like 75% of it. Oh, but. 100%. Yeah. yeah. She's 100%. Really, really tips the scale. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the, the yeah, forward Clifton pair has just been, they've been solid. Yeah. Yeah. Scott, I think you tweeted, you you retweeted some analytics of like the expected goals. Like they're a top 10 pair in the league in a few of these analytic um, oh, yeah. Yeah, categories. So that was, yeah, that was before thursday's game but yeah it was from moneypuck.com which you know they'll have like their list of uh you know they do like top lines top pairings and uh yeah former clifton was top not not only tops in the bruins but like you said top 10 in the league in, in expected goal share um for d pairings which yeah just just an impressive start for those two and if you if they eventually settle, you know, right now they're still kind of playing as the second pairing, like whether it was Riley Carlo on Tuesday or Zaboro Carlo on Thursday, like that's been more of the third pairing. Although Carlo did, I think Carlo led the team in ice time on Thursday, um, which was good to see in his second game back. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you eventually settle into Forbort Clifton being your third pairing and they're still playing like this or close to it like that's that that's a real strength that that becomes you know you finally have that third pairing not be a question mark which it's been too often in recent years and it starts to look really solidified and it has like an identity right like it has that identity of being like a good defensive lockdown defensive line that's gonna like a pair i should say that's gonna be your most physical pair Whereas you got other guys um, that are, you know, good skaters, good puck movers, good in transition. You know, the identity of this line is to lay the big hits, block the shots, um, and, and play that kind of hockey. Yeah, I mean, they're not. It's not an apples for apples comparison, but it's a little bit of shades of the the um, Adam McQuaid, Andrew Ferenc, their deep pair the Bruins had for a long time, where you, you just didn't have to worry about them. Like they just they kind of went out there, they did their thing, and. Um, and they were reliable, and and that's kind of that's kind of what these guys have kind of 
shown us the, the last few weeks is that they're 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 steady eddies back there and and they they've been entertaining. Yeah, they have been entertaining. They've been throwing the body around. They've been fighting. Um, so it's it's they they weren't even when they were together last year. They weren't showing that all all ton. Um, but hey, sometimes you get more chemistry the longer you play with somebody. So um, the Bruins. They are they're playing uh, four straight road games uh, starting tomorrow night into into next weekend. Um, Columbus, Pittsburgh, Rangers, and the Maple Leafs. So we'll be covering those games as they happen. Did you guys have anything else before we wrap up here? No, other than just to note that our original schedule, we weren't even going to do a podcast tonight because of the back to back. How naive! Yeah, no. Uh, then in the morning we find look, out about Marshawn. Like. Yeah. yeah, we're like, oh, Marshawn. Okay, well, we'll do a podcast. And then it's like, oh, okay, crazy get injured. Oh, okay, Stanigo got traded. It was like, this is going to go from the podcast that was never supposed to happen to like the most jam-packed podcast we've done all season. Um, so, you know, I was I was sitting up on the ninth floor just like spinning. Like I was like, what what is going on right now? So, we were going to go to bed. I was going to I was going to get in bed, you know, 11:30. Instead, I didn't even get home till almost midnight and here we are at 106 a.m finishing yeah. recording so i don't know if you guys still want to do sunday we were originally planning on doing our next one sunday i'll i'll, I'll let scott sleep on that and, and let us know in the morning because we do want to have mark giver on what is this thing that you speak of <laughs> well i have a really important event sunday actually yes yeah, yeah. My yeah. dog, I, I entered my dog in a Halloween costume contest, and I'm going to need you guys to go and vote for Melvin. Well, here's the so. problem. Here, here's, the, here's the problem, though, Bridget. We we would. We would, honestly. But I I entered Scott into a Halloween costume, too, on Sunday. <laughs> Halloween costume uh, contest. Wait, is it the same one? Yeah, I think so. It might be. Uh, question what if darla is also in this contest oh then i don't uh, yeah I, i'm guessing you guys would vote for her then <laughs> no, no, no. but melvin, melvin, yeah, melvin, melvin takes the cake melvin's got so many costumes i don't even know which one to put them in thinking lobster not sure well yeah. we're gonna have to make sure that we tweet that out from the skate pod account yeah. i will uh, yes definitely it's it's between lobster and baby yoda so <laughs> that's i like that last one yeah those are those are both good though well best of luck to melvin um oh you, know, you guys have a uh, good 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 halloween weekend stay safe out there bruins defeat the detroit wed wings <laughs> five to one they're seven to one in the year best start in franchise history so um good stuff good stuff for the bruins thank you guys for listening and we will talk soon <laughs> Thank you.